This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Stamps.com. Get your free four-week trial with digital scale and postage today. Just go to Stamps.com and click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and enter our code BADCHRISTIAN. Today's show is also sponsored by Movement. Get 15% off your holiday orders by going to movement.com slash bcpod. That's M-V-M-T dot com slash b-c-p-o-d. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, Christmas just, just like, like the ones I Stick to the beat, Joey. Yeah, please don't sing St- it. Stick you to the beat, please, Joey. You've ruined it with your harmony. I was trying to sing a song and bring us cheer, and you ruined it. You keep beats. You do not sing harmony. How many times do I have to tell you that? It's disgusting. <laughs> It's the Bad Christian Podcast. Golly, I almost took the Lord's name in vain because of you, Pastor Joey. Oh, thanks okay. for calling me Pastor. I feel honored. I feel honored. Hey, because I, I don't require honor from people, but it's freely given for okay. people that 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 understand the pastoral role. So thank you, Toby. Mm-hmm. I really do appreciate that. That means a lot to hear that up front. All right, there's a Joey. bunch of stuff going on in the world today. All right, there's a bunch of stuff. I'll stick some stuff Joey out there. Joey nailed you, yeah, man. I know. Joey That's a good impression. You. I'll float out some stuff that yeah, I saw yeah, yeah, going okay. on today, and then y'all can uh, respond or move on or bring it to anyone else. First of all, I saw. Hey, can't. Whoa, 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 I'm not listening to you. You haven't said made one reasonable contribution in the first minute so far, so I'm just going to keep talking over you. And that yes, that's an act of dismissal and disrespect to you, and I intend it to be. I'm going to continue talking now. Can you, and you tell won't me be able to get in because nobody can out. ever outdo my stonewall if I keep talking? You won't okay, ever have yeah, a chance let's, to get let's in. Let's do this. Yeah. Okay, well, let me ask you something <laughs> real quick. Okay, I'm sorry. I withdraw. I don't want to get into that battle. You're right. Go no, ahead. I just, I just want, I just want to know what it means to like bring. Uh-huh. What's the difference in bringing stuff up and then floating stuff out there? Because you don't always say floating stuff out there. Well, today I'm going to float stuff out there. I'm well, not- it caught my attention. I'm just curious okay. what that means. Like, what is there a difference between bringing stuff up and floating them yes. out? Floating well, it think out about means your, think that about you don't your body on a trampoline. Mm-hmm. Are you okay? Uh, your your belly is floating. When I'm it's tracking in the with air. you. I'm tracking. Your with belly you. is floating in the air, but you know, like pizza, you're bringing it up to your mouth. A, a whole the whole pizza uh, you're bringing it up to your right. Mouth. There's no. Got, there's okay. complete when you bring gotcha. a pizza near you. It's very is no, going to be brought up and it's completely. Certain I don't. I don't what need. I don't need a right. follow up, Matt. I don't need a follow up. But with the jiggling belly, it's completely uncertain right. if it's floating. Uh, Toby, Toby did. And a I have sufficient seen your trampoline job. before. It is something to behold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, floating isn't really the best word for that. There's a there is a real time coming where none of us will be able to be on a trampoline anymore, or it will be dangerous. I mean, that's really that's, that's not that far at all in my future. It's real bad. Anyway, Matt, float it out. First thing I was going to float just is fucking float is, it out, Matt. Just fucking float it out. Tim Lambesis put up his statement to a uh, first real public statement today, Ooh. and so it was on as I lay dying's uh, Facebook, and it's a really long and. Pretty by the book apology because we're in this time, you know, where apologies yeah. are people love to crush them. And I, oh, you know, yeah. I think I said a long time ago, if you'll recall, I'm never making no public apology. If I ever do, you can be sure that it's, I'm already telling you, you now. Don't mean it. I won't be meaning it when I say it in the future. So it's no point. I'll try to follow up. If I have, if I'm forced to do it, I'm just telling y'all right now, don't believe it. 
when I do it. But I will follow all the rules. But Tim Lambesis has had, had a little bit of run and start. He's been he's had years to work on his statement, and yeah. he's had the benefit of everybody else that's given the the bad apologies lately to not do that one. The best one of which was, of course, Mario Batali, who put a long apology oh, with a recipe on the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I read that. I couldn't believe that it. He's like, best. I made some mistakes. I can't believe This, it. this, and this. But here's a holiday like pizza roll <laughs> dish that's amazing or something like that. At the end, yeah. I was like, good God. Yeah, I couldn't like, believe Did he that do that like as a fuck you? Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't care. Like, I'm kind of apologizing, but it doesn't matter. Is he like that? It, it, like, is he that oblivious? Like, I mean, seriously, there are serious allegations against Chef Mario Batali, and he does an apology with, and he, at the end he goes, P.S., here's a great recipe for you. <laughs> I hope he like stays, totally, I hope it's not uh, runs in the family because his dad owns or started my favorite restaurant in Seattle. It's called Salumi. It's a cured meat place. It's my, I go there on my birthday every year. It's my favorite place. We had a waiting line, so I hope he stays afloat at least. But That would be like Toby's dad passing away or something and me calling him up and say, hey, man, just checking on you. So sorry to hear about your dad. Hey, before, before we get off the phone, can, do you think I can borrow like $300? <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> but it, it's funny. I do these. Uh, if anybody's out there listening, shoot me an email. Go to the uh, True Man website. But I do True Man Fridays, and I wrote a little piece, a little blog post about Mario Batali and manhood and stuff And uh, in the email. And I, I, was, I thought this as I was doing it. He looks to me like a redheaded uh, Harvey Weinstein. Like, I, I mean, he, so anybody that looks like them, just stay away. I say that just stay looks, away. Anybody yeah. that looks like that that, 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 that sounds discriminatory and maybe really bad or whatever. But if I, I, I'm personally going to stay away from people that look like that. Just no matter what, keep my family <laughs> well, away from them yeah. or whatever. Cause there's just no, the, you never know. They might be great, might be wonderful, might be the salt of the earth, beautiful people. But anybody that looks similar to them and has any money, I'm staying the hell away from them. And now it's getting crazier and crazier. Like ESPN, uh, there's, you know, there's several, I wrote, I read this last night. I think his name, it's Bucarelli, but what one of the ESPN uh, hosts, anchors, has been there forever. He and another lady uh, were both uh, working for ESPN, and she says that he sent her uh, text messages and made her feel really uncomfortable and all this stuff. Um, and then eventually, because of his power, she ended up getting let go. Mm -hmm. But ESPN just released all the uh, text messages. They released the text messages between her and him. And it really, I'm, I mean, it, it is crazy. It's just a guy that likes a lady and is trying to flirt with her. I yep. mean, it's not like, I mean, and, and Jess and I were talking about this. It really, like, seriously, he said uh, she, they were planning, uh, the text message thread, you can find it online if you read it. Basically, she and him are wanting to have dinner together and hang out. And in one of the text messages, or a couple of them, he said he refers to her as doll face or long legs mm -hmm. or something like that. And then uh, she make, she says, I'm two glasses in, and I see this guy here. Do you want me to take a picture? And then she clarifies, a picture of the guy. Uh, it's a funny, some kind of ninja Jesus guy or whatever. And he was like, uh, only picture I could take right now is me cooking dinner with my shirt off. And he sent her a picture with his shirt off. But that was it. Like, but And, and then, uh, and now she's, you know, saying that he used his position. He's doing all this stuff. Mm. And I... If you read the text messages, it is seriously just two people kind of being flirty with each other. And I'm really getting very worried that all of this is going to get worse and worse. And 
ladies and men who have seriously been sexually harassed or hurt or molested or raped are going to get pushed further and further down because you're going to see all these people coming out with accusations and this and this of people that it, it was bad. That guy, maybe he shouldn't have done it or whatever, but that's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. And everything now is being lumped in together as sexual harassment, molestation, rape, all this crazy stuff. Yep. And so it's going to be a joke. Mario Batali might get away with adding a recipe to his apology and it might go away. Well, we got you know a language I mean? like, problem. It, These things are all language problems. Racism is that way. Everything It's just like we, we're not, you know, the words for the worst thing in the world are the same words for stuff that's reasonably bad. Or kind of bad or very bad, and also the most right. worst things in the world, these things all have the same name racism, rape, sexual assault. Right. You know, and there's, there's, I guess you go rape, sexual assault, and sexual harassment. So I'll be fair there. There's at least three different designations, but the attitude that the energy that they all command, and by whatever degree, seems to be 100% fury no matter what, which is not. Right, it's not it's not really in the neighborhood of justice, and it's still a language problem. I still yeah. feel like, and I and I think you said this, Matt. But one thing, the the people that are the happiest about this are yeah. like Mario Batali it's, and Harvey Weinstein. Well, Harvey Weinstein, because they go, the, oh, yeah, uh, right. he might have done something really really bad, but now he's lumped in with a guy that's yeah. in a, a shirtless text, right? Like Th- those Harvey guys, Weinstein, or you know. you know what I mean, like uh, uh, Louis C.K. or whatever, is mm-hmm. lumped in with a guy that flirted with somebody. Like, it's a problem. I, I mean, it's just crazy. I don't know. I mean, that you know, people just uh, that's what I'm. That's what I was. I didn't want to talk about that. Um, but I will note too Sorry. that uh, yeah. do you hear uh, what's her name? Pierce the Veil, Mike, their drummer. You know, Mike. Remember him? Yeah, tall guy. Yeah, we toured with them, but he got he got yeah. an allegation on him and has left the band, and they've had to not go on their tour with uh, All Time Low. So that's oh, no it's way. crazy when you think about wow. it in those, that sense because it it's. I know what what that means, like how big of a deal that is at their level, and how much money that is for the agents and the managers and the bands right. and the support and the merch, and whew, that must you know what I mean. That's yeah, you know, like it is. It, you know, if you're a and, band member and, of or a friend of or on, on that team, who knows? And I have no, I don't know the story or anything on it. But and let's clarify, that, he might he might have done something really bad, yeah, and deserving. Sure, sure. That's so what I'm, I'm saying. I have like, no that's, comment that's on what I'm hoping. It is, but. Like what I'm hoping is if. People are losing their jobs, and they're doing this. That it's really valid, and we're not just accused uh, uh, immediately accepting accusations. That we are like, okay, wait a minute, what does this mean? What? Oh gosh, this is bad. Let's get rid of like that. Is what I'm really hope hoping we're headed towards. Not just hey, well, I flirted. We flirted with each other, uh, you know, three or four years ago. Maybe I can get mm-hmm. paid or something like that. Like that's no, really I don't know bad. if it's that or not. I don't really know, but I mean, I know, and I've said this before. But just being in a band I and doing all the stuff we're saying, there's got to be so much of this in music for people that are the size of band, about that size, between that size and our size. I mean, it's not. There's just so many things that I've always heard of as rumors or seen or suspected and known that are probably true in in the world of punk music that we've been around in i mean there's stuff there that is 100 percent true and believable no doubt about it like I, is it you know so if I, we'll see how how well, what happens uh, but there's so many people in bands like that i'm not speaking about mike although i do know mike right. and we did take him on tour but uh there's so many bands we've been on tour with where the the lead singer this guitar player was creepy or he's always hanging out with girls yeah. and were they of age and you know the way he treats you just say with a different girl like there's got to be so many there's just so many of those and specific stories that I've heard that you can't confirm and there's got to be so much of it out there so it's well that's interesting you bring that up because I've been thinking about that too like being on tour with all of these bands and stuff like that like I, there's definitely been guys that hook, hooked up or tried to have sex with ladies and here's what i will say even going back to so let's say 2005 
I, you know, fortunately was married with my wife or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I never, I didn't think of those guys as bad guys. I just thought, oh, well, some they're of them in a band. You did. They're, they're, some they're of them you did. Yeah, no, well, oh, okay, hold on. I thought of them as bad guys. I did not think of them as rapists and molesters. I did not think that. Yeah, that is the truth. Like I, I thought, oh man, that guy he tries to hook up with a lot of, of ladies and he uses his position or whatever. But it seems yeah. like those ladies want to do that too. Mm-hmm. Like I would, I did not think rape. No. I mean, maybe maybe I was well, naive but if, or whatever. If there's but, a, you know, there's a certain age differential and pattern there that that's clear, clearly abusing. I mean, there's yeah. some bad dudes out there. I, I mean, I'm not wouldn't. Oh I mean, yes, that that you know, so, and plenty of stories you've heard that are not okay. That if you heard the same story today, you probably would say something closer hmm. to rape. If it, if it happened next week on tour and that guy from that band did that thing that you heard, hmm. you may go, whoa, I, I, you know, we got to do something about it. You might think now what you didn't before. I don't know. I, I mean, I think if, if I would have heard somebody raped somebody, I, I think I would have done something about it. Like, I mean, I can remember confronting somebody the first time I saw him do cocaine. And I was like, mm-hmm. you can't do that. What's wrong with you? Are you crazy? Yeah. I was backstage and saw a band. I won't say who it is. Do cocaine. And I was like, Are you, man, you're ruining your life. It's awful. Well, don't do that. Like, I like I, I agree, man. I do think I thought guys were shitty or they would come on like tons of times. There are guys that came on our bus to see if there were any ladies on it or to hang out or yeah. try to meet up or whatever. But I promise you, I did not think they were rapists. I no, think they yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. It, but you but, think of, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That That's when you get into the language but now, problem. But. but now the rules have changed. That's what I'm saying. The rules have changed. So now we have to acknowledge they maybe the, were the rules how, different. How, how many times did you go, wrong. I wonder how old that girl is when that was happening, though? And does that not change I mean, it? I mean, I'm being really honest. I, I I thought everybody was probably 18, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't think anybody was 14. No, not 14. 15 or 16. No. I might, I, I know, maybe I'm, I'm wrong. Maybe, all those maybe, things just play into it. I have it. a really bad memory, too. So, I mean, I might be. But what, and I, let's, let's clarify this, too. If those things were bad, they were bad then, they're yep. bad now, all the way across the board. And, and if, if so, they might, I mean, like even just talking about Pierce the Bell or whatever, they might have really made the right decision. Hey, we got to step away mm-hmm. from this because he's brother. That's his brother. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's Vic's brother. And so, I mean, they're in a really tough situation, but whoever did the accusation, there's some validity there. He stepped down for Oh, a that's reason. what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Think about that. Right. I guess that if you do want to think of it that way, imagine somebody had an allegation against, oh, De- let's say Devin. And the first thing we right. did was he leaves the band and we cancel our next tour. That, that That's right. not what you do if, it, if it's a right. false allegation. Yeah, 100%. But I don't know. But uh, the, so anyway, I won't even try and talk about that. And then the other right. one, uh, speaking of everybody being hysterical, is uh, the, uh, shoot, you move on past this one if you want to, but the, it's interesting to see people um, put, who I feel like are this very, very similar groups of people of relatively progressive deconstructing Christians do what I call infighting in the progressive movement. But there's a lot of, there's people criticizing and writing articles about the liturgist now for, uh, uh, interrupting women and talking over them too much and in the, in their podcasts. And then Michael Gunger is, is not exactly, you know, now he's, Talk, responding to that on Twitter, so I hope it goes well for those guys over there. Is all I'll say there, unless y'all want to get into that one. But you know, hysteria is the topic of the day. It's, I, I meant to say about the Tim Lambesis thing that the comments on that were 
one of two things. I just don't understand why everybody's so strong on everything. Everybody's a politician grandstanding with a take on everything. That's my point. It's either we're with you, Tim. We're so glad you did this. And we, you know, we've been with you the whole time. Or it was like, and then most of the, and the other half of the comments were like, fuck you. He did this and this and this. There's no apology good enough. And I can't believe you, you know, as people attacking the people that commented and support the accepted right. apology versus people that say he's a piece of shit no matter what. How bad can we hurt the guy? And that's, that's, those are the only two. Those are, those are the only two speeds we've got. So, it, I mean, across the board, that is where we are at right now. Whether it be a pastor, because I mean, we've called out pastors. We talked about Tim Lambesis. That was one of the first episodes, uh, or one of the earlier episodes, rather, uh, talking about him. Um, and, and so, I mean, it, it's really a strange time in history because every you can immediately say something, and so many people can see it, and it all of a sudden seems valid, like. Uh, like like what you were just saying, the people online are just people uh, most likely working a normal job going into work today and just wrote a quick blurb about, you know, fuck you, Tim. Or, man, I'm, I'm your, your apology seems legit. They did legit. it at a red light. <laughs> they tried to yeah, destroy yeah, somebody yeah, exactly. while they're sitting up waiting and, and the light to change. And they move on. Those people move on and go to a job and have, you know, real uh, joys and problems in their own lives and all this stuff. But when you read it, you think, oh, man, this is what everybody thinks. Everybody thinks this about like, and it's it's bizarre. Right. And I, I mean, we don't know how to even handle like. For, for example, like our our third album was right when like social media was really starting to blow up, and I say it was called "I'm Only a Man." And I can tell you, that I thought everybody just hated the album at that moment. I was like, oh man, everything I've read online, most people are thinking like we're selling out or we're trying to go right, whatever, blah 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 blah. This this and that. And now, in retrospect, I go, wait a minute. You know, several of those songs are some of the most listened to songs on Spotify, and people still do like the record. It did still did sell well on stuff but what the whole perception online how we perceive things now seems so much more huge and intense and crazy when you're right it's probably just somebody stopping at a red light looking down their phone and going fuck tim lambesis mm -hmm. uh oh you know i hate you i'll maybe never i can you. harm somebody he, before the light turns green anyway exactly <laughs> exactly hey i'm I, oh man i gotta go take a number two let's see how many people i can hurt oh yeah i can destroy and, three yeah. people during while i take this dump <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. Let me right. Uh, take we, a second before there's a there's a bunch more here to talk about and we've got a fun uh interview coming up with Stephen Baldwin oh, yeah, here. But before do. we get to that, let me tell you real quick about stamps.com. Okay, so talking about the busiest time of the daggum year, that is right now. What's on your holiday list? How many errands do you have to run? Well, if one of them is going to the post office, you're insane if you don't get stamps.com. It's great. It's something I've been using for a long time and continue to use and think is wonderful. Um, it's great. Stamps.com brings you all the services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your fingertips. You can buy, print, official U.S. postage for any letter, any package, any class of mail using your own computer and printer. The mailman just picks it up. So all those times where you sold something on eBay and got to send it or just want to send some postcards or you just want to send Christmas cards, whatever it is that you do, you can do it right in your house easily and uh, it'll save you a bunch of time and money. They'll send you a digital scale too, which is great. And that thing will automatically calculate the exact postage that you need. Stamps.com will even help you decide the best class of mail every time. So print postage any day, anytime. Stamps.com, it's always open. I use Stamps.com because, again, it saves me time. It saves me money. I get a little bit of satisfaction out of being able to do something right there at my kitchen table and uh, not have to make a trip out or go buy stamps or figure, you know, it's great. So right now, you too can enjoy 
the Stamps.com service with a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale without long-term commitments. So go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Bad Christian. That's Stamps.com. Enter Bad Christian. Well, what's funny, uh, speaking of hysteria, I had a a mad, mad... I guess this could be considered a mass hysteria moment last night. It, it mass meaning uh, I could see how this could fl- fluctuate and get bigger and bigger and bigger and crazier and crazier. I, like I usually don't fall for stuff like this, but it was late at night and I was flipping through Facebook and uh, late late at night for me is like ten fifteen p.m. <laughs> but I'm going through Facebook and I, I follow you know George Takai, yep. uh, you know uh, mm-hmm. what's his name on Star Trek, whatever y'all know who I'm talking about. Um, and he posted Salute. a video about uh, let's see what is it called? I got it on my phone here. Uh, it's called CME's uh, coronal mass ejections. Matt, have you ever heard of this before? Solar flare. Coronal. Flares? Well, it's different than a solar flare. They they happened. The last one that hit us was like back in the eighteen hundreds or something like that, and it shut down something uh, like uh, all the what? How did they used to send messages? Telegraph. Telegraphs. God, my memory's bad. That's what I'm saying. Maybe I must have known just horrible people and totally forgot. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I'm reading, I'm watching this video. And so basically, uh, a CME, a cor- coronal, I guess it's like your cor- mm-hmm. cornea or whatever, coronal mass ejection is a like a solar flare that comes, but it can destroy all te- technology. It'll like burn it out. Meaning for several months, all of our technology would be oh, gone. It's just like, I think like, it's like the yeah. thing where people say solar flares can take out the power grid, basically, is what it is. Right. But so coronal mass would, ejection like, it, is just a big yeah. – I don't see how it's not. It's something like a solar flare. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. well, there's a difference on here. I could read it, but I won't get into it. You can, fi- you can find it on Google. Um, but anyway, so the idea there was I was reading uh, – uh, I watched the video and then I started reading about it and that, you know, it would knock out gas pumps. It would knock out your phones and knock out mm-hmm. bank stuff, everything. And like an like, EMP. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, this might really happen. Like, this seems like we're in a crazy time where something like this could happen. Oh my gosh. And I immediately went to Amazon and started looking up, uh, food bins, like dry food bins <laughs> yeah. that you could save. And, and I was thinking, I'm tomorrow, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to buy these on Amazon right now. I'm going to go get a bunch of water. I'm going to store it in our garage because if this happens, I want to make sure my family's okay and we can stay alive and we have enough food to get through the months with no technology because this is what we're going to – and I was like – I was really kind of getting panicky to where I couldn't fall asleep. And then I started realizing, this is crazy. Like, what am I doing? Like, I'm, I'm causing myself imaginary stress based on something that is – factual but the, the chance of it happening tomorrow for example is very slim and not and to happening tonight is very slim and if it happened right now there's nothing i could do about it anyway so yeah. what like but i i induced panic into myself similar to what we're talking about with you know tim lambesis mm-hmm. is real he really did do something bad he did try to you know go about getting his wife murdered but all these people are causing self-inflicted stress and harm mm-hmm. on themselves based on somebody they don't even really know. They they probably could name five of his songs, maybe. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they don't really know him or anything. Mm-hmm. And I, I was sitting there just because some video, I really went into a panic mode of, hey, I got to get food storage. I got to get mm-hmm. uh, bottled water. I, maybe I should try and get some kind of tank that can hold fuel so we can get places. Where do I go if it gets mm-hmm. really bad? You know, it, it's, you know, my youngest is four years old. Is she going to survive? Like all this stuff, I felt like 
I was in Joey's brain. <laughs> <laughs> Joey's calm as a cucumber these days, and everybody else is panic. But if you think these things aren't related, you're crazy. These things are obviously all related. It's like little children in an unstable environment, and they're scared, and they act all these ridiculous ways. Conspiracy theories, aggression, acting out, uh, prepping, right. uh, you know, fighting with each other. You know, what all this stuff is, there's real instability in our culture right now that is very real, and then all these things are outcroppings of it. It's, people are scared. People aren't. People don't feel safe. So yeah. that that speaks to you not feeling safe. Whether you're attacking somebody for their podcast or prepping or whatever it is. I mean, and by the way, uh, at about eleven o'clock last night, uh, <laughs> this makes sense now. Bridget said, "Matt, we need to get a bunch more cash and have it in, a, in our fireproof box." I, <laughs> I said, "Why?" I said, "Why is that?" And I laughed, and she said. Solar flares. She obviously read the same article as you because she follows. George, she loves George Takei. So I didn't know that's what it was until just now when you said that. But clearly, that she was doing the same thing oh, as you last that night. Is so funny. I mean, that's exactly what I thought. I was yeah. like, hey, I should get cash, or maybe I should. What do I do? And I started thinking because I, you know, I was thinking about Bitcoin and all that. It's all <laughs> right, gone. Right, it's and with all, all these people, everything like, like it. it you can get into hysteria because yeah, if you let your mind there. go there, if the if there was no power for one month in Tennessee, it would be really, really bad. It would get dangerously bad. MVMT Watches, and it's pronounced movement, was founded on the belief that style shouldn't break the bank. The watchmaker's goal is to change the way consumers think about fashion by offering high quality minimalist products at revolutionary prices with one with over 1 million watches sold to customers in 160 plus countries around the world movement watches has solidified itself as the world's fastest growing watch company i just want to tell you i love my watch it is awesome and uh i i am not really a jewelry person i don't really wear i don't even necessarily like wearing my wedding ring i don't you know i used to wear earrings and had a lip, lip ring and i got out of that phase but movement watches are so nice i really enjoy wearing mine it's comfortable and it looks really cool like like i said i don't know jewelry or i don't know i guess a watch isn't jewelry but i don't know fashion <laughs> that well but uh my movement watch is uh Becoming one of my favorite things that I wear, and I really do like that. The company was started by two broke college kids that wanted to wear stylish watches but couldn't afford them, so they started their own watch company, and it's kind of like how we started. I mean, we are... Uh, guys that just wanted to make a podcast and wanted to be in a band and started from the ground up and have gotten here. And it's really fun. And that's why we kind of like the dudes at Movement because they pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and made a kick-ass product. So Movement watches start at just $95 at a department store. You're looking at more like 400 to 500 bucks. And Movement figured out a way by selling online. They were able to cut out the middleman and the retail markup. So get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to movement.com slash bcpod. And that's mvmt.com slash bcpod. This watch has really clean design and makes a great fashion statement. Now is the time to step up your watch game. So go to mvmtmovement.com slash bcpod and join the movement. Steven, it's nice to meet you. Thank you for coming on the show today. Yeah. Well, thanks, uh, uh, and, and I'm not quite sure what to expect, but uh, 
Uh, I like the name of your program, most certainly. <laughs> well, we appreciate it. Let's just uh, we'll just talk. We're just going to chat here for for a little while and whatever comes up. But do you feel that way? Like that we're whippersnappers? You feel? I mean, because you know, I'm almost forty now. We think of ourselves as you know old people <laughs> yeah. here. But how do you think of that? Do you think of people like like I think of kids that are thirty as kids? I call them kids. If you're in your twenties, how does that? Mm-hmm. How, how's that for you now? You th- you think of people like us as the, those young millennials? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm sitting here up on Scanny Atlas Lake in New York, upstate, and uh, in in the back of my rental car, I got one of those longboard electric skateboards that goes about 17 miles an hour, and, and I'm 51, so mm-hmm. you know uh, I'm kind of the wrong guy to be asking that question. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, well, you, you know, yeah, anybody that's doing what you guys are doing, or you know, in my opinion. Uh, you're, you're, you're being hooligans for the gospel, so to speak. And and that's a good thing. So hooligans right for the gospel. Man, yeah. We go. just, we just missed that. We could have used that for our name, man. Instead of bad Christian <laughs> hooligans for the gospel. <laughs> hey, Steven, when you hopped in, I, I actually had a question. I was thinking about this. I was telling the guys, uh, Last night I was watching, I was flipping through Facebook and I saw this thing about like solar flares and put, knocking out the grid and all this stuff. And I've always heard like celebrities or people have like safe houses and stuff like that. Is that true? Like if, if, if shit hits the fan, do you have a place or are friends of yours, do y'all have places to go and, and, you know, stored food? And all? Last night I was seriously on Amazon getting ready to buy stored food, bottled water, thinking, how can I get fuel or something like that? I was panicking for no reason. Is that something that crosses your mind? Like the grid's going to be gone and what do you do? Well, once again, you're, you're, you're talking to the wrong guy. You know, I'll break protocol here. I'm, what's the name of your program again? Bad Christian Podcast. Hooligans for the yes, Gospel. I'm going uh, uh, to be. <laughs> I'm going to be a bad Christian and say this. Not if, when the power grid goes out. When the power grid goes out, okay? I live in upstate New York on a 120-acre farm. uh, So I'm dealing with chopping wood and, you you know, dealing with farm animals and this and that and living off the land a little bit already right now. So... When the power grid goes out and Alec Baldwin comes knocking on my front door, <laughs> I, I will I will welcome my brother. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, you've got that. I got to tell you, hold on now. He ain't going to get too much meat. But we're going to let him in, if you, if you know what I'm saying. Boy, boy you were uh, studying up on the prodigal son. You got that shoehorned right in there, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah there I'm, trying, I'm trying. I'm trying. It's not easy. It's not easy, fellas. It's not easy. <laughs> Well, let's uh, let's see if we can catch up everybody and catch us up too. I, I will. Uh, I'm kind of curious about this. Really, I just have to tell you, and I know you probably get this all the time, but I'm the just a huge fan of some of the stuff that you've done, and I, I've never stopped talking about how much I love the movie Biodome. I really, I'll, I'll just say that right off the top here. I love that movie. I've watched it so many times. I think it's super great. So to get that out of the way, but the time back when you were doing, you know, the movies like that, Usual Suspects, stuff like that, um, that was the time when I was a young man and the three of us were all probably conservative, uptight <laughs> Christians from the South when you were Mr. Hollywood. Uh, it was, it was, it was back when you were. Just hooligans, right? That's yeah. continued. <laughs> yeah. No, that but we, you know, we come from a, a, a conservative and more fundamentalist like type of time and place. Meanwhile, you're a big Hollywood star doing stuff like that. And now you fast forward another couple of decades, and you have become 
what seems to be a conservative Christian, and we've gotten way, way more deconstructed and and liberal and less conservative and everything. And then I, I find that to be super interesting or bizarre. So what can you tell us how that evolution happened for you? I don't actually know the story. Uh, well, I, you know, I've been around for a little bit, you know, and uh, at, at this point I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to use as much wisdom as I can. And, and I joke with my daughter, Haley, I tell her now I'm in self-preservation mode. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, eh, eh, that was a joke. Anyway. <laughs> um, uh, and then there's one guy in the media. I've done a bunch of interviews with many times over the years. And, and when I got born again, he said, uh, he, he would introduce me on his show. He would say, welcome Stephen Baldwin, the man who puts the word fun in fundamentalist. Um, anyway, uh, that was another good joke. See, <laughs> y- see, y'all are two young little whippersnappers yep. to understand this kind of sense of humor. <laughs> you guys are just, you're only listening to that Joe Rogan. Calm down. <laughs> um, I love Joe Rogan. He's uh, I won Celebrity Fear Factor once when Joe Rogan oh, really? was, the, was the was the host. But um, you, you know, just to answer your question, uh, I've been really blessed, guys. I you know I I made a lot of movies. I made a lot of money. You know, peaks, valleys, up, down. Raised a couple kids, pretty good in the Lord. And uh, but how did you get you know, born again? I don't think people. I, I don't know that story. So it, I'm just curious. Like you weren't a Christian at all. You're fa- you didn't come from what's a Christian. Your name? Matt. All right, just calm down, Matt. All right. Just calm down. (laughs) I'm old, bro. The coffee hasn't kicked in yet, okay? Um, No, thank you. I'm I'm, I'm having fun with you. But but I was getting to that in just a second because I kind of want to start from where we're at now, where my head's at now, and then kind of circle back around to how I arrived there um, because it's a trip. Uh, Is that okay for time? Yeah, sounds great. Let's do it. No, we're not in a hurry at all. Yeah. You know, so so now for me, you know, having been a guy who was in the like really super hardcore in the in the Hollywood life, you know, name it. You know, there's there, there's literally nothing I haven't experienced. Uh, you know, within some kind of psychotic reasoning. But anyway, um, so my testimony is very simple. Uh, Back when I lived in Arizona, I'm from New York, but I moved to Arizona for a TV show uh, about 24 years ago uh, when I was newly married. So both my daughters were born in Arizona, and my wife and I raised our kids for the first half of their lives in Tucson, Arizona. During that experience, my wife, who's from Brazil, hired a a Brazilian housekeeper to come move and live with us from Brazil to Arizona. And my wife would only speak Portuguese with this gal, which was cool. You know, I was working on a TV show and making money and trying to do my acting career. And uh, this gal over a couple of weeks and having become friends with my wife explained that the real reason she took the job was because there was a prophetic word spoken in her church back in Brazil that said if she came to work for me and my wife, we would get saved and then be involved in Christian ministry, which – all of that came true. Anybody who wants more specifics on that, they can go to imsecond.com. That's a really cool website, and my story's on there. And Or you can just Google Stephen Baldwin testimony. It's all over the internet. When you Google me, the fourth thing that comes back, this is why I, I'm having so much fun with The Great American Pilgrimage, the new mm-hmm. show. I'll get, I'll get back to that with you in a second. But um, why it's so cool is anybody that Googles my name, bro, you, you want to stick your neck out for the kingdom in this culture? 
if you Google my name, the fourth thing that comes back is Jesus freak of Hollywood. So (laughs) I'm not saying, I'm not saying I take any credit for that. I'm saying I made a deal with the Lord when, when that lady showed up and that revelation came into the life of myself and my wife. And then all that stuff came true according to God's will, but not, but not in any way that was like trippy dippy road to Damascus, you know, this and that. It was, it was like this slow series of revelations that God just said, okay, Stephen, your prayer to me has been reveal myself to you in a way that you know that, that for me was real. And then I said to the Lord, I'll follow. Mm-hmm. But Lord, you got your work, you got your work cut out for you, Lord, because I'm Stephen Baldwin. You know, I've been, I've been, I've been chilling with Paulie and I've been to the Playboy Mansion and I've done this and I've made millions and I put, put, put you know, so like this ride with you better be more exciting and fun for me than anything I've ever experienced in this world, or I'm just not going to be down. So, you know, there's an old joke. You want to, you want to tell, you want to make God laugh, tell him you got a plan, right? So mm-hmm. my plan with God was to threaten him and basically say, Hey, I'm a skydiver and I'm gnarly and I'm radical. And you know, if, if ministry for you can't be that much fun or that cool, then I'm just, I'm going to like blow you off. Basically that was my testimony. And of course, when you say that to the Almighty, that, that's kind of you know that kind of gets him giggling a little bit. He's like, "All right, let's 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 do a little booyah on Baldwin this morning and show him what we're all about." So I had several experiences like that that were very cool, um, and you know, ever ever since I started to really, you know, discipline myself to slow down enough and read God's Word and take this thing seriously. And, and and let the Bible have the effect on my life uh, according to God's will and not my will. Well, that's when this whole experience got very, very hardcore and real for me because it is real. Um, but it's usually just because people don't make the time every day to have that interaction to 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 have the true experience. So that, that's that's kind of a side door explanation uh, to, to to my testimony and. Um, uh, I just say all that because it, in my ministry experience, you know, I've, I've worked with some amazing guys. I've worked with some of the top extreme sports guys. And, you know, we did that whole living at skateboard ministry for four mm-hmm. years with the Luis Palau Evangelistic Association. We, uh, you, you know, we, we, we touched a lot of lives. God did that whole thing, guys. And, and now I'm starting to, to, to get into creating some content here and do some Christian movies that you guys are going to be hearing about. We got a, a movie called Youth Group that I did with Thor Ramsey. That's going to be coming out pretty soon. Uh, it's a Christian comedy that it, it, it's right up your alley, bad Christians. Um, <laughs> you, 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 you guys are wait, wait, wait. So, so it's not so it's not like fireproof and facing the giants and all that stuff. Um. Uh, well, I'll be straight up with you and say that it's not at all like those things because the humor in the film it's really funny. And that's oh, nice. where my and that's where my experience. For example, there was um, just that Christian comedy that came out just before Christmas. That was about the actor that was doing the play, and uh, I forget the name of that, but uh, I should know it. My friend Dallas Jenkins directed the movie. Um, it'll come to me in a second. Uh, the, the the resurrection of Gavin Stone. So th- so there's the first Christian comedy that came out and did not perform as they'd hoped. Uh, and unfortunately, this movie thing, it's a business. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Yeah. So um, this this movie I, I worked on and produced and, and played an acting role in, uh, 
you, you know, I, I, I was part of the process of casting Joey Fatone from NSYNC, who was also in My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Uh, Donald Faison, the African-American actor that was in Scrubs for many years. Uh, really, really. So there's two cats that aren't traditional Christian actor dudes who you're going to see in Christian movies, but they're in my Christian movie because they're the funniest dudes that were perfect for the roles. So the, the end result of the product of youth group, the comedy, which we're, we're, we're seeking distribution for now, I think we're going to independently do it. But um, the best part about youth group guys is, is it's really funny and in your face and sarcastic, but it still is going to speak to that Christian audience I just think it's really going to speak to him in a much more authentic way because uh, the comedy's really, really there. So you'll you'll be hearing about that, and and that again in the same sensibility for Stephen Baldwin as a content creator, the Great American Pilgrimage mm-hmm. is also that thing. I want to do something way outside the box. Great American Pilgrimage is not some big trippy ministry thing. It's just fun, and it's me creating a conversation with this piece of content. And then keep in mind, it plays to 700 million people a week around the world on the RT network through their whole platform. And I look at it this way. In that 700 million people, if somebody Googles Stephen Baldwin, what's the fourth thing that comes back, fellas? Jesus freak. Amen. (laughs) Jesus freak of Hollywood, bro. You know what I mean? A huge Christmas sale, my friends. Lots of music, T-shirts, vinyl, tooth and nail is shattering the the world by this unbelievable sale. No, seriously, this this really is a crazy awesome sale. All digital albums are $5, every single one. Uh, everything else is 25% off through the end of the year. Now, these this includes great bands like Phineas, Tyson, Motzenbacher, August Burns, Red, Demon Hunter, Norma Jean, The Ongoing, Concept, Copeland, Amberlin, Fit for King, Silent Planet, Dustin Kendry, Citizens and Saint, King's Class, Goat, Wolves of the Gate, Starfly 59, Civilian, and many, many more. That's that's a lot of good bands. So head to any of the label stores for Tooth and Nail, Solid State, Gospel Song, or BEC to see what all is available. And to give you an idea, most of the vinyl is $13. T-shirts, 11 It's not going to get any cheaper than what it is now, so go Pick up some of your favorite stuff and try some bands you've never listened to for very cheap. A ton of stuff is available, so go check out solidstate.merch.merchnow.com, toothandnailrecords.merchnow.com, gospelsong.merchnow.com, and bec.merchnow.com. Merry Christmas from everyone at Tooth and & Nail, and thanks so much for listening to these bands Uh, More great music will be coming in 2018. We are thankful to you guys, Tooth & Nail, uh, for being a faithful sponsor. It's awesome to be a part of what y'all are doing as well. Go get this stuff, folks, and Merry Christmas. Hey, real, real quick with 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 that tagline, that's got to be known in the Hollywood scene as well. 
And just, I, I don't keep up with current events that much, but just a little bit that I see in how ho- the the tone of Hollywood uh, nowadays are are you like hated? Do do people dislike you for uh, being so forthright with your faith? It just seems like something that would not be popular yeah, amongst the ho- what, what, amongst your, the Hollywood elite. Uh, I don't want to tell you that. I don't because you're gonna you're gonna talk. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're gonna be mean. <laughs> no, I'm Joey. That that guy understands spiritual warfare. Very good. <laughs> yes, he does. Um, well, here, here's. Do you see me eating my white bean and sausage soup? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So to answer your question, does it look like I'm worried about it, brother? <laughs> <laughs> That's number one. That's number one. I respect that. I respect. Um, well, here, here's here's why I say that. Guys, all kidding aside, I'm I'm one of the guys that that when the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, No, 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 like God's word really is true and it really never returns void, and it this and it that. When it says Satan's a loser and a punk and a bitch. Sorry, that was my word. That's not the Bible. I apologize. <laughs> when it says when it says that the power in us is so much greater than the power in in the the principalities of darkness, I rock that, boys. I walk in the believing of that. So I, I'm not afraid of what anybody has to say. This, that, the other thing. But you know, we're living in a polarized time right now, politically, this and that, and there's not a lot of people. You can talk to that understand that as well as I do. Trust yeah. me. Trust, tr- trust me, fellas. You know, when two of your brothers are, you know, playing ball for the other team, you know, uh, usually at the end of any baseball game between the Baldwin brothers, when we were, we were kids, usually the bench is cleared and there was a brawl. Okay. <laughs> just, just, just so you guys know. Um, so I just, I bring that up just to say, um, uh, again, that's my heart and desire to want to have created the great American pilgrimage. It's really funny. It's a, it's, it's a new show I'm doing. That's way outside the box. It's, it's, it's more family friendly. Um, but to answer your question, sure guys, you know, I, I I'm doing all my post-production uh, out in LA right now, out in Burbank for the, the new TV show. And when I go out there, I gotta be honest with you guys, you know, so much of the stuff that we see and we get messaged is so much smack and it's not real. And it's not this. It's not, I love going to LA and going to a coffee shop and have somebody come up to me and go, Hey man, aren't you Stephen Baldwin? I'm like, yeah. They're like, yeah. So you're like, you're the Christian guy. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. That's, that's my deal. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. and they wait a second. And they'll say to me this, well, well, you know, it's really weird, man. Cause I don't know in this town, I don't know why everybody's giving you such a hard time. You seem pretty normal and cool. Yeah. Like what's everybody talking about? Yeah. It's, it's it's the talk, yeah. you know, that's cool. And then, and then just like in your lives, guys, there's always going to be the normal opposition. There's always going to be in the spirit. If what we believe is true and there's opposition to that truth, then we got to know that that's part of the, that's part of the deal. Yeah, totally. With, with someone of your caliber experience, talent and all that, one thing that we've talked about before that, uh, that's, that's interesting is the whole Christian movie thing. Now I know that like making a Christian movie, 
Go easy. <laughs> but, well, easy. I, I don't I don't mean this in a sarcastic way, but it is very strategic financially. It is. Like if you position a movie uh, that's Christian, you're probably going to get a lot of the Christians or you are going to get a lot of the Christians out there and that's going to be ext- very profitable. But someone like you, you would have the ability to make a movie that's just a movie that maybe even has some 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 Christian elements in there, but why why the label Christian movie? Like it because it seems like that is going to deter like if if word gets around that hey, this movie is, you know, for the Christians, then a lot of the other people wouldn't come see it. It seems like you would be able to make a movie that everybody would enjoy. Yeah. Let me respond to that and and, and just say that relevant to this picture youth group that we have now that we're probably going to distribute right coming up onto Easter for, for, you know, first quarter 2018, um, you you know, by design, I mean, I mean, listen, I'm not going to try to be full of baloney about this. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, youth group, uh, is a concept that was, uh, created by this fellow Thor Ramsey, who's a, a pastor in Northern California. He's a stand up comedian. He's already somebody that's thinking way outside the box with how to reach people. Yeah. Um, uh, by design youth group is a movie that as the producer, I want it to be church friendly because I believe that humor and laughing is universal. You can go, I've been to India. I've been to Jordan. I've been to here. Yeah. I've been to there, but you know, like funny is funny. You know, like when, you know, when you do like a, a stupid face or you make somebody smile, it doesn't matter. You don't speak the language. Funny is funny. So by design youth group is an effort to communicate like a really entertaining story for the Christian audience to use as a vehicle to be able to reach out and invite somebody to come check out this movie and things like that, because it's our expectation as the creators of the content that that person who would not normally ever get a gospel message is going to be laughing so hard at youth group. They're, like 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 they would a regular secular movie, but there's none of the bad stuff in it at all, because the comedy is about the people, yeah. And the comedy is about how we're all connected in that same way that we're you know it's it's a movie that takes place in a church about the pastor and the youth group and the youth pastor and all the people involved, but how they're just regular people too. But Thor's uh, screenplay and the original storyline and concept for the for youth group is something that's so sarcastic and yet universal and still funny and connects to everybody. Yeah. We want to use that as something that we want the church family and the, and the Christian family to use as a reach out, because I'm telling you right now, I, I could send you guys just the, the new trailer to the, to the upcoming movie and you would get the sense of it. It's very, uh, I tell people it's uh, if you could do today, the breakfast club in a church with young people and to, you know, make it about the church people, the, the, the closest sensibility of the humor of, of, uh, youth group, in my opinion, is like the breakfast club. It's that smarmy and funny. Mm-hmm. So, so on the great American pilgrimage, that is very, very interesting. And how is it that you get hooked up with RT Russian television there? I didn't realize that it was as large, even as you said, there would you say 700 million people a week are, are, pay attention to that as broadcast worldwide. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, 
kind of like the BBC is mm-hmm. the news entity like CNN for the British government. So is RT. It's called Russia Today. Um, there, there's an old time guy who, I, boy, I shouldn't have said that. Um, a guy named Larry King, who was on <laughs> CNN for many, many years. He, yeah. He's got a show on RT right now. Mm-hmm. He's doing. He's got two shows on RT. Jesse Ventura has a show on RT. So right now, RT as a news entity is is the fastest growing news network in the world. Their YouTube numbers are kind of staggering. Uh, already in 2017, in the in from January to August of 2017, the the replay of RT's content on their YouTube channel was four billion people. So four billion times wow. their stuff is, and that's yeah, it's mental. And that's double CNN and Fox News. So I just happen to be in my thinking at the right place at the right time where when I saw Jesse Ventura's show being promoted, I contacted uh, through a friend of mine, uh, the folks at RT just to say, Hey, is I that the this. Russian government who runs it? It's owned by the Russian mm-hmm. government. That's correct. Yeah. RT.com is where you go. Uh, or if you have like, I don't know, one of the cable providers spectrum and a whole bunch of other ones have the RT news network like CNN. They have their own cable channel. So you can watch it every Sunday night at 7.30 GMT on your cable network, or you can just go to RT.com. And what's the show about? It, it, great American privilege. Uh, <laughs> pilgrimage. <laughs> great American privilege might have worked too, but what about Great American uh, Pilgrimage? And it's official now, young man. What, 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 what's, what's your first name? Yeah, what's your Joey. name? Joey. <laughs> Mr. Baldwin. <laughs> is it Willie? What'd you say, Willie? Yeah, yeah, yeah Willie. <laughs> so I'm glad Willie asked me about the pilgrimage. Uh, in the background there, Willie's got a, a guitar, so yep. he, he uh, it makes sense that he asked me about the pilgrimage. And it even makes more sense that that Willie, I anoint Willie now in your group as the first pilgrim, because it is only really true like a pilgrim that you can't pronounce the word pilgrimage. <laughs> so that's brilliant, Willie. Congratulations. Thank the you. Lead, the leader of the pilgrimage has knighted you, the first pilgrim amongst the bad Christians. Let me tell you somewhere, Stephen, where we're on a very similar page, and we'll see if this is, is the case or not. But like you notice the guitar back there, we're, we're musicians. We've been, uh, we play in a rock band. We've been doing it and traveling for years and years and years. Now, here's what's interesting about it. It's that the Great American Pil- Pilgrimage lists you as an RV enthusiast, and we have an, an 84 Greyhound bus that we've converted, and we've been traveling the interstates of this country for about 15 years yep. RVing. So that's a page that we're on that's very, very similar. So are you really an RV enthusiast? Do you really enjoy being out there on the highways and the interstates and stuff like that? Did, did you film any of that stuff on the road? We got a few we stuff. Not, nothing good like your show. We never we don't have any good – most of the time we, there was no good cameras and phones in, in our career until yeah. lately, but we try to film what we can. Uh, I don't care. Cut something together. Yeah. I'm sure it was funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a lot of funny stuff <laughs> happens sure on a tour bus. it was bus. funny. Yeah. Well, here, guys, here's the idea. Uh, and, yes, I, 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 my two daughters, Alaya and Haley, you know, grew up. My wife and I driving them across the country when they were babies. We did four cross-country trips doing the RV thing, mm-hmm. staying at the KOA, all that good stuff. I love that sort of thing. I'm, I'm one of those – I can get in a car and just drive across the country. You know what I mean? I just love looking yeah. around and, and meeting people and having fun. So 
it, yes, it was out of that experience many years ago with my kids and kind of growing up doing that with them that uh, I thought would be a cool, forgive the pun, vehicle, so to speak, to format maybe some kind of an interview talk show. Uh, I had been developing that concept for five or six years, a, a Stephen Baldwin on the road talk show mm. concept for many, many years. Uh, but, you know, just didn't find the right thing that made sense that I thought would be fun to do and, and, and allow me to do my thing and be, you know, very improvisational and spontaneous with folks. Cause, cause that's really, I mean, guys, really what I'm doing is, you know, candid camera from, you know, mm -hmm. years ago, you know, it's a, kind of the same model only contemporized and, um, Kind of the thing that was the the final de de decision making process here for this for the pilgrimage was the election. You know what I mean? I mean, the, the, this presidential election is unequivocally the the gnarliest presidential election ever, anywhere ever. Mm -hmm. So you know the the reaction and the protest and and the visceral anger that was going down after this was something that made me kind of bug out. I'm sitting here going, well, I was raised, you know, you know, uh, uh, you know, when somebody sneezes, say, God bless you. When, you know, when you're going through a door, hold it for the person behind you. You know, when you see somebody in the morning, say good morning, you know what I mean? Uh, hold yeah. the door for the lady and, you know, just, and, and listen, I'm not saying that everybody's got to be a certain way. I'm just saying I was raised a certain way and I was told to never be afraid to be that way. You know what I mean? So now with all this protest and all this conflict, it, it, it's like, I, I see people scared to say hi to their neighbor, afraid to smile at somebody, you know, whatever it is. And, um, it, it just, to me, it, it got me scratching my head. It made me say to myself, I think the best way to go out and understand even the people that I don't know who, who, who oppose or disagree with me, I think the best way to get out there and, and get some sense of understanding what they're thinking and, and what they want and where the, what direction they think the country should go and what does America mean to them is to just go out. I'm going to get an RV. I'm going to bring my dogs. Uh, uh, I'm going to go out and ask these people this question and have a whole lot of fun along the way. And that's what we've done. The response to the Great American Pilgrimage has been almost overwhelming already. Like the, you know, everyone who watches it kind of digs it and understands the feel good positivity of it and that there's a need for this conversation to occur. So, you know, kind of the, one of the last ways I, I like to encapsulate the, the pitching of the show is, you know, Hey, Jerry Seinfeld does a show right now where, where he takes one of his fancy mm -hmm. uh, automobiles, one of his cars that he collects takes one of his fancy cars and he, he gets one of his fancy Hollywood friends and they drink a fancy cup of coffee and they talk together while driving that car around that that's Jerry Seinfeld's show. So it's Jerry and a fancy car with a fancy friend and a fancy cup of coffee. Stephen Baldwin as the host of the American great American pilgrimage. It, it's just me in an RV with my three dogs and uh, we're driving across the country and we're just talking to regular people and we're drinking regular coffee and we're just having a regular conversation, but it's still fun. So you see the the play I'm I'm having there on Absolutely. that one, guys. I mean, um, I can attest to that that the people you'll meet at, at traveling the interstates uh, or even the the smaller highways in this country are, are really interesting and fun. So there's all kind of fun stuff to uncover and give people a sense of what people are really like out there. That part I get for yeah. sure. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, if you guys go to RT.com, if you catch an episode or just look at the trailers that are on YouTube already, it's fun. The intention of the pilgrimage is to do what I did with Willie to anoint <laughs> future pilgrims to join the pilgrimage. And, and again, guys, it's, I, I'm, I'm not trying to fool anybody here. Uh, it's, it, I tell people it's, I call this experience on the Great American Pilgrimage. I call it journaltainment. Uh, it, it, it's again, it's it's me just going out there. We're just trying to have a whole lot of fun, create a piece of content that uh, that's family friendly and speaks to everyone and makes them laugh, but then opens the door to this conversation that I'm just hosting. Because that's the other thing, guys. And Matt, I want you to hear this as you guys go forward. When you talk about the pilgrimage, I want you to understand this. J- just like I said, it's it's not an in-your-face Christian thing. It, it, it's, it's me trying to put forth an idea. And if I go out and host a conversation where I'm willing to show a little more grace and I'm willing to be a little bit more willing to listen, to do a lot more listening before I start saying, hey, you over there, you know, I heard how you voted and you this and you that. If I'm just if I'm just a little bit more willing to do unto others as I would have them do unto me and not judge me before I walk in a room. That's the vision of the great American pilgrimage is to start that conversation. Yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. Very cool. Would you ever consider doing a Christian biodome too? <laughs> well, hold on a second. Let's see. Um, or biodome born again. I like that. That's a pretty good title there. So, so um, <laughs> I was looking through your movies uh, before we started, and I just—I mean, it's so awesome. All the movies you've done, like that, it, it really is a broad range. It's pretty neat for an actor to do something. J- just for example, like Biodome to Usual Suspect. That's crazy. Like a lot of actors I love don't Fled get to do too, that. By the way, oh man, I, I mean, you really do have a great, a great mix. It's a good one. Yeah, it's crazy. I, when I was looking, Biodome came out in '96, and I looked at all the movies that came out. It's like one of the best years ever of of movies it's insane like I, I mean do you ever like was that even though you've changed now and you've gotten older and more mature do you ever look back on like 90 in the 90s and like man what a life i have lived <laughs> like i mean your memories have to be insane right i mean you have memories that no other human might have that's that's wild you know when you talk to some old timers fellas They'll say things like, you know, I got ties older than you. You ever, ever mm-hmm. anybody? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I have Pauly Shore shoelaces older than you guys. I just want <laughs> you to know. I just, I, I, I somehow a pair of Pauly shoelaces ended up in my bag. I, I don't know how that happened back in the day, but, but I held on to them just thinking maybe these will be worth something. Someday. Just in case, right? But it's just funny. I just texted Pauly, literally. Um, that's what I was doing. Oh, um, my he's goodness. not responding. He just got to New York today, uh, and we have literally, no joke, have been discussing for over two years a Biodome sequel. No oh, way. Man, so it, it's it's in the works. Uh, I believe it's going to happen. I don't think it'll happen before 2019 because we really got to do it right. Right. Uh, but maybe we could do Biodome 2020. Mm-hmm. I like that. Maybe there's a... 
maybe there's a biodome 2020 kind of thing we can do oh that's awesome so you keep in touch with Polly. do you keep in touch with a lot of people or you had a lot of severed relationships when you became the you know the jesus freak of hollywood uh well mostly severed hey why didn't you ask him his name and then say something like sternly what who <laughs> Joey's bad at jokes. So, so, so several of them were severed, but you have been able to keep friendships. Yeah. Well, uh, again, guys, I don't know. I mean, I think I can individually ask all three of you before you really were walking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Are you with the same cats you were rolling with back then? Right. Of course not. You know, and um, you know, because that's that's the transformation that's going to happen. You know what I mean? We're, we are, we are, we all get that already and it's what we hope for, you know, but I'm somebody that even with the great American pilgrimage and the creation of this show, it's, it's a mechanism I'm, I'm trying to use to, to try to keep myself within this possibility of messaging to the culture uh, without being afraid to represent uh, and stand up for who I am and what I believe. So that that's the tough part, guys. That's the really hard part. I mean, I've said this before. I'll say it again. And people think I'm joking. I have not spoken to my own brother, Alex, since the election. That mm. That's how wigged out he is. Um, and there are people that have just on that side of the equation have really drank enough of the Kool-Aid over there that they're really – this upset um uh, do you understand do you understand the polarization like 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 you were just talking about no. how no uh, you don't no no oh, it's interesting. interesting yeah no i don't but what i mean by that is you know do i do, do, listen for the last eight years i could have said a lot of things about the president you know i yeah. could have said you know i could have should have and i i, I kind of did within you know, kind of leading up to Barack Obama's presidencies and things like that. Did, did I speak my mind as a Christian? Of course. Um, once he won, did I hammer him every day, you know, uh, which in my opinion, doing that sort of thing, you know, isn't really right according to being a Christian. I, I, I don't think just beating on the other side 24-7 makes sense because uh, that's just not how Jesus did it. So, um, so, so you see where I'm going with that, which is, you know, in the comparison, what, what, what's happening now politically compared to what could or should or would or might have happened under Barack Obama's presidency, but Barack Obama, I'll probably get in trouble for this on the bad Christian radio show, but, um, I don't think he was, uh, as limited in his ability to do the things he did, uh, because the opposition was, the resistance against him was as great as the resistance is against Donald Trump. Now that's my point. I mean, and just so you know, for context, like we're, we're definitely not radical left and, and we definitely think that uh, a lot of conservatives are written. I off appreciate with, that with, clarification. With, bro. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't really sure, <laughs> but, but a lot of people write off uh, Trump voters, uh, which we do not think is merited because a lot of people did not, you know, vote for Trump for reasons that a lot of people, you know, are imagining. But I guess Trump, though, to me, seems like an exception. So, for example, I put the hatred towards uh, George Bush, the second one, on the same level as conservatives uh, not liking Obama. But it seems like Trump 
is in a category all on his own. I mean, just just with I don't know his behavior and how he talks and all that stuff. But I'd love your pushback on that. Like, isn't he just isn't he different from all of them? Well, yeah, he's 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 crazier than all of them. Um, uh, because, you know, in all the interviews I've done about President Trump, I've said the same thing. You know, the guy's a billionaire with a gorgeous wife and he's 69, 70 years old when he decides to run. And, you know, he really doesn't need this, boys. He doesn't need this. He's cool, chilling at Mar-a-Lago with Melania and, and Barron and just staying a billionaire. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you look at the if you look at the Oprah Winfrey interview from 35 years ago, where he says, "If things in the country ever got so bad, and I had to, and I believed I could make a difference politically, I would run for an office." So, sounds, you, so sounds, sounds sounds pretty prophetic to me, brother. But um, so, so let me finish. Let, let me finish the answer, which is Donald Trump ran against his own party the Clintons, the DNC, and 70% of the media in this country, and he still won. That's an act of God, guys. God did that. You're the first show I'm ever saying this on, by the way. God allowed Donald Trump to become president of the United States. Uh, uh, I can't get into the, – the, there's some obvious reasons why, as pro-life people, et cetera, et cetera, we believe certain things happen for certain reasons. Um, but, but the but – the, astronomical odds of this man being the president right now uh, are so incredible uh, that that my support of him was for the obvious, which, which first and foremost was for economics. I, I believed that President Trump, as we can see now, is already moving things economically that are going to be more positive for everyone. Uh, they're going to go back and forth on the new tax code, and they're going to say it's this and that and this. It's going to be a huge, prosperous blessing for everyone, the new tax code. Um, and again, I, I mean, look at me, dude. I got a hoodie and a baseball hat. Like, you know, who, who's going to listen to me? But the, the point simply is uh, I think that President Trump, when you talk about conservatives and the conservative movement and things like that, that this is a guy that knew there were even – deep-rooted conservatives that were complacent, that have been complacent for many years in their ability to get things done. So this guy's coming along to really rattle the cage, to really shake it up, to, in his heart and mind, he believes if he can swing, if he can throw enough punches hard enough in the next four years, he can drain the swamp. And that's actually already happening across in, in many different ways. Um, but but I think this guy is going to cause a resurgence of uh, Christians standing up for what they believe, folks who believe in in uh, traditional, authentic uh, uh, Christian Judeo principles, especially how they apply, you know apply to our everyday living in this country. You're going to see a resurgence of all that sort of thing, and even the conservative movement itself. See, because right now in your generation. It's the Tea Party that really is kind of the light bulb, so to speak, of conservatism or activity and blah, 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 blah. What, what, what we need to see is the people that are your age, that are 
under the leadership or constituency of that conservative movement, they don't think like we do, bro. They don't. They think we're not going to change no matter what. And the, the only thing that shouldn't change is the gospel. The ways we try to be relevant and relational and communicate with one another have to change if we truly are going to preach the gospel. What does that mean? That means I'm out there trying to be, you know, silly enough to be the leader of the pilgrimage and have some fun with people because it's opening a dialogue. It's talk. It's, it's, it's basically got people going, hey, I know it's Stephen and he's a Jesus freak and he's whacked and he says, but look at him on the motorcycle with his Pomeranian and then listen to the conversation he has with the guy about, you know, borders or immigration. It's actually really interesting. So you think you Donald think, you, say, you think go ahead Matt sorry I was going to say so in your mind Donald Trump is a Christian whose motivation is kingdom oriented stuff and that's his mission that's what he is uh doing In my opinion Donald Trump is a new Christian and a new politician and he's a businessman that knows how to negotiate and he thought he could apply that wisdom to the corporation called the United States of America and put the right people around him as best he could that were qualified, that knew captains of industry, that knew and knew how to deal with, with trillion-dollar deficits and, the, and those kinds. I mean, guys, I mean, I'm on my iPhone 8 at a restaurant in Syracuse doing a Skype interview with you guys, but, but – we're not dealing in the trillion dollar stuff. You know what I'm saying? This, that, mm-hmm. That's that's that, that's some big mathematical equations. But I respect him for believing he could make a change. I respect Donald Trump for believing God's got his hand on him for a time such as this. Um, do I think, again, he's going to do it all right, perfect, you know, every time, all the time? No. Mm-hmm. In your mind, is you there know, something that's, that he that's, could that's, do? That's, 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 that's one of the coolest if you really are into watching content that's interesting, guys, one of the coolest psychological things to be analyzing about President Trump right now is simply because he just hasn't operated in the mode of politician, you're seeing him do things the way he's doing them now. And that's why all these other politicians are freaking out. Mm-hmm. It's because he's just he's he's not that thing. He hasn't been trained how to speak this. Which way. I do like that. I do like that part about Trump as far as him just not being political. I would I I wish it was somebody else though. Is there is there anything that Trump could do at this point that would make you be like, oh shoot, I guess I'm I was off on that whole. This was God's doing. Like man. I was wrong. Like, is there anything that he could do mistake wise to make you uh, rethink that? Uh, I, I, I don't think God's going to allow too much craziness to go on here. Fellas. I, I don't think, I don't think wars are eminent and I don't think all that kind of stuff. I, I think peace is eminent. Um, uh, uh, I'd be real careful with what you're talking about now because guys, if the DNC was willing to spend $9 million to create a fake dossier, and that's true, but let's say that's true. If they were willing to spend $9 million to create lies in order to beat this presidential election, in order to win, don't you think they're willing to spend a whole lot more even to create scenarios and this and that? 
that that's what's happening here. This this is the the really freaky deaky truth about this is is that they're they're using the media to affect the culture in what is true and what is not. So my answer to that is, of course, there's something that that President Trump could do that would make me question, you know, uh, uh, what his true motivations are. And uh, but 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 you see where I'm going with that. We have to be real careful about, uh, especially in these investigations and all this kind of stuff uh, on both sides. Yeah. Not, not just not just investigations of, of President Trump, but of anybody. Got to make sure that it's all being done in truth, because people in America are innocent yeah. until proven guilty. See, that's what makes America great. So, yeah. um, uh, I, I hear you, but uh, but but, but of, of answer your question. Of listen, if he if he said something stupid again, or did, 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 you know, uh, or changed his mind on a certain presidential campaign promise or you know commitment that sure i could second guess him but i mean it's 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 not my place to judge i my guess just like you guess that he's a new christian my guess would be that he's not a christian but what what i guess i don't understand though is do do you see it as problematic or or do you understand why it's trouble troublesome to some christians that he represents christianity so in other words, we all we all understand grace. We all know that people aren't perfect, but just given what this guy has even said in the past six months, do you understand why some Christians are like, "Gosh, this sucks that people think that he's a Christian president. He doesn't represent me." Ooh, well, I could I could open a can of worms here, brother, but uh, I'm I'm going to go easy on you. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that, sir. <laughs> yeah, you, you, well, I mean, it's, I mean, listen, I could simply say, you know, one of the, one of the things in my heart that, that is a response to what you're suggesting now, yeah. uh, that, that was one of the motivations that, that, that's very important to me. I, I was saying to people early on, well, my support of president Trump before the election was also motivated just in a hope that the amount that the abortions will slow down under his presidency, that the, the millions of babies that will be born in the next four years, just if this guy gets elected. So, so listen, is that an on the nose, obvious born again, Christian thing to say? Yes, but it's true. So, uh, so that said, you know, the, the, uh, 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 what is the mechanism is, by which there's going to be more babies born though? Like I understand that he's pro-life as, as, as I am, but what, what has he done or is going to do or can do that's going to ha- allow more babies to be born? Uh, is it a well, piece of legislation uh, uh, or, or a court justice thing or what is it? I think with, within healthcare, what's going to happen is, is going to probably uh, cause people to be more cognizant of the choice that they're making, number one. Uh, and, and number two, uh, I think the defunding uh, of certain institutions uh, will also uh, mm-hmm. lend towards that idea as well. But more importantly, gentlemen, and this is such a cool conversation to have with you guys, because you're on the pulse of how quickly everything's moving now, and I'm a little bit more old school. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what I'm going to say to you is, you know, uh, uh, 
in addition to all of that, by law, what President Trump has done to empower Christians and the ripple effect of that is going to also be very positive, relevant to all things Christian and the ability for the Christian message to be influential. Oh, you're making me uncomfortable now. Oh, gosh. Let's let's do a part two. <laughs> yeah, Stephen, we really do appreciate this you coming awesome. on and, talk, yeah, and talking with us. Yeah, we'd love to have you back in the future and uh, talk, go more in-depth on, on things we believe and talk about for sure. But the show is called The Great American uh, Pilgrimage. There I you go. I said it right that time. And uh, is there a certain time it comes on? Does it? Do you, when, when can people tell them again? They can go to the RT Network, RT.com, or uh, certain cable channels have it too, right? Well, thanks, Pilgrim Willie. Um, <laughs> his name's Toby, by the way. <laughs> oh, I thought it was... I, well, his name has officially changed to Toby. Yeah, I like <laughs> Willie. I like Willie way better. I like Willie, too. <laughs> Are you married, Toby? I sure am. Yeah, so now your wife can call you Pilgrim Willie. Pilgrim Willie. <laughs> take, take, A little role play, I get it. Yep. Take, yeah. Take, take, well, uh, pump your brakes. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to go Old Testament now. We want right, to stay in right. the new. Yeah. Yeah. Um, guys, I'd love to come back. Um, um, uh, uh, I'm, I'm glad I, I uh, motivated you and challenged you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and got, got, you, got you thinking a little bit, you know, based on the fun we've had. But that, yep. but, 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 yo, that's what it's all about to me. Yep. The conversation all, is important. Yep. Very important. Hey, congrats, congrats on everything on a wonderful career and what is to come, man. It's awesome. Yeah. We sure do appreciate it, Steven. Guys, thank you again. God bless you. Um, anybody can just go to RT, like Russia today, RT.com. If you go to the menu and select shows, the first thing that comes up with all the other shows on there, it's a wonderful network. Uh, it's called the Great American Pilgrimage. It's a, it's a new thing that I'm doing. I, I, I It's a lot like Duck Dynasty and its humor. Uh, and I'll leave you with this. We call it journaltainment, fellas. Mm -hmm. It's journalism with a little entertainment. Nice. God bless you guys. Uh, thank you for your ministry, guys, what you're doing. Uh, 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 gosh, can I? I think this is kind of a cool little plug. Gentlemen, this is Stephen Baldwin wanting to thank you for what you're doing in all of your ministry as bad Christians. Love you. Peace. You too. See you, Stephen. <laughs> thank you, sir. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks man. Okay. All right. There's almost nothing to say. Stephen yeah, like Baldwin. There we go. <laughs> Stephen Baldwin. I, I went to the movies and saw Biodome in 1996. Just call me Pilgrim Willie. Pilgrim Willie. <laughs> <laughs> texting Polly really, Shore while we're sitting here talking to him. There we go. Texting Polly Shore mm -hmm. while we're hey, talking to him. pretty I, crazy. I, I know we don't have uh, much time left on this episode, but I do think that it's worth mentioning the 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 challenge that we discussed leading into this interview and i'm curious how how do you guys feel coming out of it the challenge being a lot of people feel that the conversations are just way too neutral with conservative christians because yeah. they know they know what we think they know what we believe and then when we interview people with contrasting points of view they're just like good gosh you you know you let him get away with that so we're always trying to balance respect honor and at the same time, being authentic and honest with where we are at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, well, that, here's, what right. I'll, here's what I'll say. We, we've had like a string of conservative Christians come on. We had Joey, your pastor, a pastor yep. of Seacoast Church, had one of the head pastors. We had Chad Johnson come on. Now we've had Stephen Ball. We've had like three uh, pretty conservative, potentially right 
on the right side uh, politically and stuff. <laughs> Cis hats, yeah. shitheads. And <laughs> I felt like uh, this interviewing Stephen Baldwin. I was like a deer in headlights almost. I felt like I wish I like like for example. We, well, he kept talking, and he's pro. And there's a little bit of. Uh, uh, starstruck or whatever. Like, I, like sometimes I question what's the point of me asking a hard question. For example, in my head, I thought, well, if you think Trump's God ordained, and you have to think Obama's God ordained, well, right? I, w- I, mean, I wish I would have yeah. pushed that question. I didn't push it. Now, at the same time, I do think it's a little bit respectful. He came on our show, and I we allowed him to say what he thinks. Yeah, that doesn't yeah, mean we agree obvious, with it. That doesn't right? mean he represents yeah. me or whatever. The same way is I, you know, I've been doing booking for our show. There's several people that are exactly opposite of Stephen Baldwin and I want them to speak just as freely too and I want to honor and respect them and hear what they have to say and leave it at that like I, I one of the things I like about our show is Stephen Baldwin just came on and talked about whatever he wanted to and now you know more about Stephen Baldwin you don't yeah. know you didn't you didn't maybe you didn't hear one of us push back super hard or really bust him or anything that, that's okay you I mean here's, everywhere. here's here's an interesting analogy I want our listeners to think of our episodes as like our living room and 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 you know us well you're your guest you come over all the time you know where we stand we know where you stand right. we hang out we play cards we drink beer but you witness a guest come into the living room and he's going on on about how much he loves trump and all this stuff well if you're sitting there with us you would totally understand if we didn't just like stand up and say what are you serious i cannot believe this no it would be totally normal to for you to view us being like oh okay uh, that's interesting Mm -hmm. yeah tell me more about that and 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 have some casual dialogue back and forth you wouldn't flip out and i think that's what well that's that's an interesting point you bring up there joey and that's exactly right it's a respect thing and i'm not talking about respect for the guests i'm talking about this is respect for the listener because this is what it's all about you know the context you already have the context so now you got to hear what he sounds like coming into this context that you're familiar with and calibrate Oh, I know what he's like now because Toby and Joey matter the way they kind of always are in whatever way. And you see that person in this environment, and you go, "Oh, so now I'm calibrated, and I know what he is like." It, it doesn't. I don't have to say everything in the world. You know right. where I am. Everybody knows right. where I am. So well, how that, about this, that, like, that I, conveys, and I have enough respect for the listener that they yeah. do that. That you don't have to play some games and say we're represent this side. You now, to now are we respecting that. new listeners? That's a good question. Uh, are we I, respecting? It, it doesn't matter. But here's yeah. what I would say too. Like it, if I could ask any question I want, all I'd want to do is talk about the '90s and what he did and how crazy it was <laughs> and who true. he was dating and who he was with and how many drugs he did, how crazy and wild he got. He didn't want to answer those questions, right? You know what I mean? Like I, I wanted to, but like. Like, seriously, part of my history and nostalgia of my life involves this guy. He was in several movies that I really like. And I thought, I th- and I think I, there's part of me too that's sitting here going, Toby Morrell is interviewing this guy right now. Like, I, I, I got to this point. Not that he's the most famous person in the world or whatever. And there's part of me that thought it was kind of cool. I like, love I, it. I, I, li- I, I kind of enjoyed that he was brash and harsh yeah, and hilarious. a little uncomfortable and was just going to say whatever he wanted to say and talk about stuff. And during. The interview, we I made a joke about Biodome 2, and he texted Polly Shore, and it might happen. There is a good chance we just broke a story that Biodome 2020 is in the works. Like, I mean, that is amazing. So hey, that's you, what I'm you, saying. Like, I, I, like, he doesn't know who we are. He didn't even know we were the Bad Christian Podcast. This is just a media thing that he's doing. It was, I mean, so many things were hilarious. Those that you didn't get to see the video, he just started eating his soup and food oh, right, right in front of his phone, great. like, and just talking and just not listening, really. And I mean, and his 
world now he's is great, yeah. totally on the right. I mean, yeah. he is on the Fox News uh, right side and all this stuff, and he's you know he's still in. You know, I, I would have loved to ask him more. Does he still have passion for acting? I would have loved to stay more on the acting side, but I mean, maybe we'll have him back. I, I actually really appreciated his answers because it's true for him, no right. matter what you think. No, I agree. If you hate Donald Trump, that has nothing to do with what that gives you a good window into Trump. what that is like and people. John, I mean, you, know, you guys will get a kick out of this. I I don't recognize him. I don't remember him in any movie. I have no idea who that guy was. <laughs> you know the usual suspects. You're Zero. You're crazy. Zero. I do not know who that, that guy should, was. That should we not just surprise me, and it still does, Joey. It still, <laughs> it I should not surprise does. me one bit. And it still does. I wanted to ask him, did he get any weird vibes from Kevin Spacey back then in Usual Suspects? Oh, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, just, I mean, I, there's so many questions I'd like to ask that he just wouldn't want to answer. Now, I need to watch Usual Su- Suspects again. I have seen that hilarious. movie. I, just, I mean, I'm surprised yeah. he talked as much about his brother that he was. Like, that was kind of one of the things we were like, well, we should probably stay away from this, or we don't want to go too far. They talked about his brother a lot and and what that's like. I know. I think his daughter might be a model or something. Yep. We can go there. Yep. There's all well, kinds of things that you could talk about. And I mean, it. it, it I just. I think. It, for me, it was enjoyable. Oh, yeah. And I, of course, I don't agree with everything he said, and he probably doesn't agree with everything we say. Right. So that's okay. Well, but. I want to, uh, before we sign off here, I want to mention the BC Club. BC Club, it looks like you guys may be responsible for uh, Biodome Part 2. So congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, and, and these folks have joined recently. I want to make special mention of Greg Horez because. Uh, he went to Winthrop University with us, and uh, we have some mutual really good friends. So thank you, a fellow Charlestonian. And then we have Ruben Harness, Anthony Catello, Shane McKeon, Jeremy Orris, Jordan Scott, John and Rachel Hansen, Elizabeth Breyer, Jared Jones, and Jacob Kelly. Uh, you can go, uh, if you want to know more about the BC Club, maybe Matt and Tobe will tell you a little bit more here in a second, but you can go to thebcclub.com. No, I just want to thank the BC Club uh, for all the stuff that they do, and we'd love to have more people join. Uh, We're going to have some more stuff coming up and going on. Our conference is sold out, but we have opened up some extra tickets for people that are in the BC Club if they want to come to the party on Sunday night. That would be the Sunday the 28th in Nashville. Um, We are opening up a few more tickets for BC Club people if they want to come to the conference and do that. And then, of course, Saturday night, on the 27th is a concert with Emory, King's Kaleidoscope, As Cities Burn, Derek Minor. And that those tickets are on sale now. They're selling really well. We just bumped it up to the bigger room. So it's going to be a huge show and something you don't want to yeah. miss. You can find all that at, uh, you know, Bad Christian Con. No, I don't know. Go to emorymusic.com for that. And if you're in the BC Club, yeah. you can get those other tickets. And then, of course, we're going on the road with As Cities Burn. That's Emory and As Cities Burn going to Florida and uh, Atlanta right. the, the week following. So, you know, weekend up leading up to the Super Bowl weekend that is. So go to emorymusic.com and come see us out on those dates. I think those dates are going to sell really fast, so you got to get those tickets quick. And uh, we're going to post some more stuff in the feed here, but I am going to tell you we are going to take what something we have never taken before in Bad Christian uh, podcast history, which is a break. We're going to Ooh, I'm actually yeah, try to enjoy the holiday. So we will have some stuff in the feed. You'll hear from us. Uh, the people in the BC Club will hear the additional episodes that we make every week. We'll, we're still going to do some of them and do other things with this feed. But we're actually going on break until January 4th. Uh, so, yes, there will be some interesting stuff. We may pop on and use our feed, but no standard episodes between yeah. now and then. And I'm commanding everybody to be happy for us taking this break. 
We've done. <laughs> we, we've made three three hundred and fifty episodes in a row without a rebroadcast or a break, and we're gonna that's take one crazy, and enjoy yeah. one. That's, that's pretty crazy. I know that's amazing. So I, I will happy say this Christmas too. If anybody, to us. if anybody out there, send it to us. If there's like a best of favorite moment you have, send us send it to us or whatever. Maybe we can compile those for the holidays or something, or have somebody compile them. Because uh, I, I always like it when we do a best of. I like because mm-hmm. I forget. Yeah, send them to it. Toby Morell's email address, please. Sure. All of those little uh, timestamps. Well, you can, yeah, timestamps and send them to whoever. You, well, probably send them to Reva and she can forward them or to whoever. Toby, favorite to Christmas but, movie. Hey, check this out, though. I don't want to talk about Christmas movies. This Matt, is what Christmas I'm saying. Christmas movie. For in 1996, listen to the movies that were also came out with Biodome Independence Day, Mission Impossible 1, <laughs> Twister. Fargo, the first scream, wow. cable guy, uh, wow. uh, Jerry Maguire. Can you believe that? From Dust Till Dawn, uh, wow. Swingers. Oh uh, I mean, it's, isn't that, I mean, all isn't that crazy? Year, like yeah. all these movies. Like that's what I was just thinking. Like wow. when I was when he was talking, I was like, "What a time to be in Hollywood in 1996, where just like movie. I mean, it's yeah, a but rock. I mean, now it's pretty good. It's like Thor wild. Part 17 and stuff. Right, <laughs> a time to kill." <laughs> Came out. Can you believe that? I mean, it's just insane. I mean, it's it's so wild. Like all, and that's just the list of the you know, just a small list of those movies. I mean, what he was living and being like and acting like and working had to be so crazy. So hopefully, he'll come back on and maybe he'd go more in depth on that because I just think like nostalgia wise, that is amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's amazing to me. So all right, maybe it's not that amazing to Joey. No, we didn't know who it is. No, Joey didn't even know. Joey, who it do you is. know who He's Alec like, Baldwin yeah, is? Christmas movie. Yeah, I, is Alec is Alec Baldwin uh, <laughs> Helen is Hunt's it? Helen Hunt's husband in Castaway? Is that who that so. is? I don't know. Maybe I don't. Yeah. I don't remember in that. But I've you know who heard. Alec Baldwin is? Yeah, yeah, I recognize him. He was in like a recent movie with uh, Meryl Streep. I think it's complicated or something like that. But yeah, I mean, Joey, you. you like you really don't know? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I don't. I mean, you're like a movie connoisseur. How would you not know these movies? That doesn't mean you don't that know I've usual seen every single. I, He's no, in I, Born on the Fourth of July. You don't I've never that seen movie. that. I've never seen it. Thirty Rock, the show. Half baked. He was in. I never seen that. <laughs> it was a small part, but it was good. Remember, remember, I went through years of legalism where I missed out on a lot of dirty movies, lots of them. They weren't all dirty. Well, to, to me, you they know, were back then. If they said. Like a bunch of bad words, that's dirty to me. So that is funny. Like uh, the usual suspects, and then uh, the last movie in this list is God's Club. He was in, or the Unmiracle. It's funny how you like you just keep going, and I mean, he's still making movies. Yeah, yep, making them for the Lord. All right, all right. Well, Merry Christmas, fellows. I- I'm taking a break from y'all. <laughs> Thank the Lord, I'm taking a break. Everybody always asks, "Hey, you talked to Toby lately?" I'm like, "Yeah, so boring. This two is so boring. times a so week." Boring. Reva, anything you want to you want to wish anybody a Merry Christmas or anything? Sure. Okay, that's the show, guys. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> now I can get written. Now people write me for talking yeah, over Reva. That's so true. <laughs> no, you she, just, yeah, just you yeah. just shattered our listenership. Please let Reva yeah. say something. Reva, you know? please say something. Dear God, please say something. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. No, please say a little bit more so Amen. people know that we gave you the floor. Like, what? Are, what's your deepest no, thought just, right that now? That was enough. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I'm saying of you, not Reba. Reba, you can keep talking. I can't take Joey anymore. <laughs> All right. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs>
You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. <laughs>